Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Chris, I normally uh, start these types of things asking players what it's like to be a footballer because I think um, the majority of our listeners and me are, ex- are sort of obsessed by that. But um, in your case, I think I'll ask you what it's like to not be a footballer because for the first time in a long time, you're no mm-hmm. longer a pro footballer um, and what you've been up to. Yeah, it's different, certainly different, adapting. Um, I think coming up to two years now, I think it is, since I retired. Um, my last club was at Preston. I did sign for Berry, but... For certain reasons, stuff that just wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I felt it was time to to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just first six or seven months, just spending time with the family. I've said to you before, it's you don't get a chance to do stuff when you when you are probably. You know, we're very privileged, but doing the family stuff, which is most important, you have to sort of miss out on days out and going on bike rides and stuff. So and holidays and stuff as well. Holidays, yeah. yeah. I mean, during the school holidays, obviously, we're in pre-season. Um, so you know, for them, six weeks, seven weeks. Um, you can't go on holidays with your, with your family obviously we do it at different times but it's just doing the normal I call it the normal stuff um, yeah. so I've, I've really enjoyed that um, played a lot of golf which has been great a lot of walks with the dog as you can see Yeah. Um, and starting planning then to what I wanted to do which is my own goalkeeper academy which we've just got up and running now which is going great uh, doing stuff with the media Sky you know um, Liverpool TV uh, which I've really enjoyed Um but yeah, long term, you know, I've been also I forgot that I've been. I was goalie coach at Port Vale. Uh, Michael Brown ran me just before last Christmas and said, "Look, will you come in? I've got the job." Uh, so I've gone in there and done first team, which has been great experience mm-hmm. uh, for six, seven months. Uh, but now, yeah, the academy is going to take priority over the next next six, twelve months. Great, and. Um yeah, if you can hear a bit of noise in the background, that's Sam the dog, isn't it? As you alluded to just a second ago, uh, he refused to, to leave the room, which is fair enough because it's, it's his house and not mine. So he, he likes to have a Snoring bit of a snore. away. <laughs> he likes to have a bit of a snore. Um, so I suppose ever since you can remember, football as a profession is all you've really known. Um, what do you, I mean, were you always a sort of standout athlete as a kid? Did you, did you, did you always sort of naturally gravitate towards goalkeeping particularly? Not really, no. When I was, when I was, um, 
youngster, I was, I was quite chubby. Right. I was, yeah, I was quite a big lad. Loved my food. Um, Is that still the same now? Do like my food now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still like it, yeah. But when I ask you to mic check to say what you've had for breakfast, it uh, yeah, like 10 minutes. I, yeah, the omelette, everything, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I do like my food. But uh, I probably do more now than I did when I played. Like, I always go to the gym, always out on walks, bike rides, everything, yeah. golf. So, yeah, I need to keep the food in. Um, but it's, uh, but as I said... Um, how you started? Uh, yeah, how I started. Probably more it wasn't until I, I always wanted to be a footballer but I was yeah. on pitch and I was never any good and I was always on subs when I was growing up and not but getting on but were you on. actually okay by your standards no no no, okay. no no even then I admit yeah no, I was atrocious because you're an international footballer right so that, yeah. your standard is very high so if I see my mate who's quite good at football I'll say he's quite good yeah. but to you, you that'll probably be bad yeah well I was on the bench so I couldn't have been okay, I couldn't right. have been that good okay. so that sort of gave it away to me a little bit but and then I tried my hand in goal and wasn't happening so I, I got told I, I got told I wasn't good enough actually on pitch and in goal when I was right. younger by, by a coach which At I what thought age? <sighs> this was when about 9 or 10 which right. was a little bit harsh you can't really tell then can you because then this well, is the way he could, he, well this is well this is uh, <laughs> I think he's regretted it since my dad, <laughs> dad's never let him forget it yeah. Um, but yeah but then obviously just I think it's more of a mates thing you know yeah. your mates play football so you play football and yeah. stuff um, I was keen on golf back then as well um, but we didn't mum and dad didn't have the money to get the equipment and as a yeah. lot of families do there's no barriers to football really is there no there's not no you say you can plan your bare feet if you want yeah. down the park and a bit yeah. dangerous like but, yeah. you, but you can do um, but yeah it wasn't until I, as I've said to you until I was about 15 where something just something clicked and something just fell into place so before 15 when this this sort of thing happened I mean, what level were you playing at? Were you at academies or...? No, no, no. I was... Um, I don't think academies were about back then. Um, <laughs> we're not that old. We're the same age. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so no, it's... Um, I was... I think where it really took off as well was, was when I was at Blaby and Weston, which was about a half-hour drive where grandparents used to live. And Mick Pearson, Paul Dannon was there. And they, they sort of went above and beyond. And, you know, they would stay behind training and, and give me extra and... That's where I really progressed very quickly. Yeah. Um, and we had a good team as well, Blaming Weston. For a lot of people, if they know anything about them, one of the good teams around the district then. Um, a lot of you know, ex-pros played for them. Um, and it just took off from there and things started to click and I was getting noticed and went up to trial at Blackburn, but I was useless for yeah. some reason, whatever. So if you're a promising young goalkeeper yeah. and you get, um, you get asked to go to someone like Blackburn, which is a big club, historic club, I mean, and you say in your own words you were useless. Is that is that a nerves thing? Or I think it could be possibly. Yeah, cause how I was, how you know, old were you then? What was I when I went there? I was a fourteen. Okay. Fourteen or fifteen? Yeah, ma- maximum fifteen. Okay. Uh, so went up there. Yeah, possibly. I've always been a home bird, so being away that probably had an effect on it. Yeah. Uh, but George Hayes um, was the one that come and said, "Well, he would work for Blackburn. He's yeah. from Leicester. Uh, very lovely chap." and he got me he got me sort of noticed yeah. even with that it, like, it didn't work out and he says well he says oh trust me you, you know others will come in for you and, and that's why it worked out Leicester and Coventry come in I went down to Coventry loved it Oggy Stevie Grizovich yeah. used to take me on a Wednesday night when he was still first team and just we had that connection straight away we still speak all the time now and uh, eventually I signed schoolboys at Coventry and so it's interesting to me you saying that it took you till you were relatively quite old for yeah. a kid to become good yeah. because I remember you we're similar ages I just said earlier and I remember you being very good very young for a keeper yeah. I mean around 20, 21 yeah. you were I mean decent like probably oh, decent yeah. no, you were, no, you, I remember that I remember yeah, that yeah, I, I was late yeah I was, I was I think I was late but I think I preferred it that way to the ways it is now which I'll explain in a minute okay right but for goalkeepers, people will think oh, mid thirties. I mean, you could. I mean, you could if, if things have been different. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about that. You could still be a top level keeper now, at your age. Mm. So what I'm saying is, you developed quite late, but then you developed really quickly, yeah. and to the point where you're playing first team, yeah. decent level football at Coventry. Because yeah. yeah. was, was Magnus Headman the keeper? Magnus there? was there. Yeah, and you came through, didn't you? And you took his place. Basically. Yes. Yeah, I took Magnus's place. Yeah. Because I remember Gordon Strachan saying Gordon Strachan, yeah, saying that you were um, you were. I mean, he was uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but you could tell he was joking. You could, yeah. you could tell he thought you were, he thought a lot of you at that yeah. time. No, it was good. As I said, when it, then when I went to Coventry, that's where you get all the you know you get the training. I, I trained with Jim Blythe, who was the first team goalie coach. Um, but again, at sixteen, I was they bought another lad in Steve Watson from Newcastle, who was meant to be the next big thing at right. that age. And Coventry got, did a coup to get him to come 
to to uh, to Coventry instead of joining all these other teams that he could join. So I was very aware that he was he was better than me or meant to be better than me. Um, but then we came in and and I've always had this work ethic where you work as hard as you can. And Steve, unfortunately, for whatever reason, his work ethic went down, went right. down, whether it's moving away from Newcastle or whatever. And I quickly overtook him, um, very quickly overtook him. And then I was training with the first team on quite a few days and getting involved with them. And yeah, that made me debut when I was 18. So in two years, really, that's it's you know you don't really see that as much these days, apart from the top top quality players. Mm. Um, but the, the yeah the progression was was rapid. And what do you remember of that debut? Tranmere. It was uh, in the old I think it was the old Worthington Cup. Yeah. Um, Magnus come off at half time. I went on it half time. And I remember my first, my, the first thing I had to do was a big ball got looped up into the area. It was sky high, and it was like everyone was around it. Mm. And, I, and I remember uh, Oggie always used to say, well, Oggie or Jim used to say, he said, you just come out, you took it about 20 foot above everyone else. Yeah. It was raining. Yeah. It was awful. Like, it was a nightmare ball these days. Like, yeah. It's a nightmare ball. Yeah. Just come and took it. And like apparently a lot of people just said, wow, if you can do that, it'll be all right. And they just took off from there and I said I wasn't there very long before I moved it gave you confidence that gave me great confidence yeah and then I played I got in yeah, the season we got relegated which was tough but I played most of the games yeah. um, we went down at Villa Park but it was a great learn but it was it was heartbreaking to get relegated yeah but I mean it's funny isn't it because the difference between an outfield player and a goalkeeper there's a, there's a lot well there are a lot of differences yeah. in training in performance in what you're expected yeah. and I often think and it, we saw it happen with Jordan Pickford in the summer a, a team can get relegated but a, yeah. a goalkeeper can come out with amazing credit because yeah. they, they are so active so active was yeah. it one of those seasons you think I think it was yeah I think it was for me as well we uh, we were under the cosh a lot we had some good players though we had a great yeah. manager Gordon was fantastic uh, you know, we had a lot of players: Dean Dublin, Robbie Keane, Gary McAllister. Mm. Like the names are just we shouldn't have got relegated, really. Mm. But you know, a lot of teams can say that these days. But well, we should never have gone down. But if you don't beat, if you don't win games, you never. Yeah. You know, and it was a, it was a great learning uh, learning curve, and for him to put his trust in an eighteen year old, nineteen yeah. year old. Yeah. To, you know, to to in front of Magnus, who was Sweden's number one. Yeah. And you know, obviously under a lot of pressure to play him, but it was great, and as I say, but it was heartbreaking when we got relegated. And is it an interesting relationship between a sort of experienced, established goalkeeper and a young, up-and-coming talent? Because you train very closely together. Mm. I don't really know. I don't know Magnus. He was brilliant. But, but yeah. they're expected to help you on. Yeah. You come on with them. You play in training. You They bring you on. You work together. Yeah. But there must be a little thing at the back of their mind thinking, I don't want this guy to be too good. Oh, he would yeah. have been Magnus, yeah. But I mean, I shared a room with Mag- Magnus for, for a while when I first got in, but then I had to move because he was snoring, believe it or not. His, <laughs> his snoring was horrendous. So I said, I, I went, to, I was nervous. I said, I went to the coach. I said, look, I can't sleep because he's, he's snoring all night. So you didn't made, go to him? No. So <laughs> well, I knew, I said, like, we had a great relationship with yeah. Magnus. So I'd throw stuff at him during the night. And right. even I was an 18 year old kid, I'm thinking right. I'm throwing something here at Sweden's number one. Yeah. And it'd go like that. And, but then, <laughs> so we eventually had to move out. But me, with Jim Blythe, the goalie coach, with Oggy, who was still there, obviously, mm. he was the hardest. That's where I've got my work. I've always said it. He was the hardest work I've ever seen in football. Right. He was out at 9.30. With, he used to take some of the academy lads out to do crossing. An hour before we started training, he'd train, he'd do shooting after. He'd be the last in. He'd go to the gym. He'd yeah. do so much. And that's, right. where, and that's where I took my work ethic from, from him. Right, okay. And so, and then your career continued to rise from yeah. there, really, didn't it? And, yeah. And you became the UK's most expensive goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Six million quid, was it? Yeah, I think... How well, I don't actually was? know. I think it was... I was... What was it then? I was uh, 19. Right. Yeah, I think I was 19. Uh, it's I reported a six million pounds. I think that's right. I did back that you don't really get involved. Not not like now, you know, sort of yeah. thing. But back then, you just when you're a kid as well, you're not like yeah. just you know the, the more da- it, yeah. yeah the more daunting thing was. I mean, I'd read about it. Obviously, it was publicised for a while, and I actually knew it was going to happen before about six months before it did. How how did you know? Because I got a call off um, Gary McAllister, mm-hmm. who his wife wasn't very well. Uh, when Gary was at Liverpool his wife wasn't well back down home and he he come down and trained with Coventry again just to keep his fitness up while his wife went through through treatment um, fortunately she passed away mm. but he, Gary come down and he went back up and said to Gerard he said look I've been training at Coventry and said they got this lad here Chris who was, I was with when I was there but he's mm. progressed and I think you should take a look at him and so it come from that and then he'd ring me every month or so saying right we're going to you know Gerard loves you he's going to 
he's going to play it, he's going to buy you. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm, you know, it was literally that. I said, you know, he says, Gary says it is. I said to Leon, he says, well, he said it is, but probably won't happen. Something yeah. will happen. But and, I had you mean, to, and you mean Gerard Hulier here, not Stephen Gerard? Yes, he Gerard, Gerard, Gerard Hulier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Gerard Hulier. Well, he might have been Stephen, <laughs> yeah. how good he was. But yeah, um, but yeah Gerard Hulier. And, and then I had two good games against them. Um, at Anfield, we got smashed 4-1. But um, I, got, I come out with a lot of praise from that. And then at Highfield Road, we lost 2-0. And then, so I knew it was going to happen, but until it actually did, until it actually, you got that phone call. So it was on deadly, it was a day before deadline day. And we were in a foreign safety meeting with Coventry youth team because I was still involved with the youth team at Coventry. Right. So we were at Highfield Road, and the time the, the time was ticking. I spoke to my I spoke to um, I can't remember who it was because it wasn't my agent at the time because I didn't have one. But somebody right. rang me said, "Look, I'm acting on behalf or whatever, and and they're going to make the move today for you." So the time was ticking on. It was getting late. It was about half four or five. And I was thinking, well, it's not going to happen." Did you now. want to go badly? Well, this is this is it. And then Gordon Strachan popped his head around the door, and as soon as he popped his head around the door, he went like pointing to me right. and I went oh god yeah. and I knew what it was he went yeah. right we've had a bid off Liverpool I think he said 5 million we've had a bid off Liverpool 5 million plus appearances um, what do you want to do and I just froze and I thought so at this point you've got no advisor with you no. no it's just no. you I didn't have an agent yeah just me in, in the office with Gordon Strachan yeah. making probably the biggest decision of your career yeah. Yeah. at 19 on your own on my own yeah Gordon Strachan so yeah. I just says I don't think I said anything to start. I just yeah. said, oh, I, I, I don't know. He says, well, do you want Oggy to come in? So Oggy was there. So Oggy come in as well, the office. Yeah. And he was great. He calmed us down. He says, look, I know your head was spinning everywhere. He says, but just go up and talk to him. He says, just go up to Liverpool. And he says, I guarantee when you go up, he says, you won't be back. He says, but if you don't, if you want to come back. And that's the thing that Coventry did. They never put any pressure on me. We got relegated. The finances were down. They were selling players left, right and centre. Yeah. They never put any pressure on me to go. They said, look, if you don't want to go, we'll keep you here and you'll play for us for as many years as you want so they never put it right up until the last minute when I spoke to the chairman um, Brian Richardson um, before I was going to sign he said listen are you sure you want to sign for him he says because we would love to have you back and mm. so they never put any pressure on us but once I got up there I mean it's the only team I would have left Coventry for because right. I supported Liverpool I travelled up on the bus with my dad when I was a kid from Hinkley yeah. like, all the way up to Anfield stood yeah. in the cop back then because right. it was standing yeah. so it was the only team I've said that many times I'd have never left for anyone else but okay. I'd have only left for Liverpool. And so when you made that big jump, and it is a big jump, isn't mm. it, with respect to Coventry, yeah, they're yeah. a big club as well, but it's a big jump. When you, when you when you when you ended up going up to talk to Liverpool and, and negotiate the deal and all that stuff, yeah. was your dad with you? or? Yeah, so my yeah. dad come up, the agent who, who I went with, um, he come up, uh, Leona come up with my wife. Uh, so you were with her then as well? So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been together, yeah, about 18 odd years now, yeah. Okay. So we all went up. And um, I think my uncle come up as well. So we all went up to to drove up on the when was he on the I think it was a Thursday. So we drove up on a Thursday night. All the stuff got happened on the Friday. It was deadline down the Friday. Yeah. Signed. It was all done, and then we were back home Friday night to get all my gear to go back up on the Sunday. So huh. yeah, he was in a hotel, did all the medicals, everything like that. Went to Anfield on the Friday. Had all the talks. Got shown around the ground, around the training ground, which back then was. Terrible. The was training it? ground at Liverpool, it's what it is now, is Melwood. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was uh, compared to what the training grounds are now. I mean, net, compared to some of them, it was great, but now yeah. it was just worlds apart. Yeah. Um, and then sign, yeah, and driving back down, just thinking, God, you know, I was more because I've always been a home bird. I was more worried. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, but I was more worried about leaving the family. Um, but it, it was definitely easier because I had Leona, so we yeah. moved up together. Yeah. Uh, if I was on my own then things might have took a different path when yeah. I come up with all yeah. the trappings and everything like sure, that. Okay, but, yeah. but she kept me uh, she kept me grounded and I say, I, you know, I don't regret it at all. All the injuries happened, but I'd do it all again just for one game. Were you were you scared? Yeah, you petrified, yeah. yeah. Petrified. Um, you're, at, you, you're playing football, but I've said this, mate, when you're a kid and you, you just want to play football, you're not bothered about everything else that goes on. Mm. So at Coventry, even though it was in the Premier League, it was just like, I couldn't wait to get into training. Like the night before, I would be like, oh, brilliant, I'm training tomorrow, I can't wait to get up, get in early. Yeah. Everything like that. That's all the, all the way it used to be for me. It's not until you get older when you realise some of the magnitude of the games you're playing and you think, yeah. you know, yeah. if we lose here today, we could be whatever. Yeah. But when you're a kid, you're not, you don't think about any of that. More fearless. You, get, yeah, you, you develop more, fear as you get older. As you get older, because yeah. you, you realise what's on. Like at Wigan, we, we were in a relegation battle nearly every year and you realise what was on games and that's all you were thinking about. When you're younger, you just, you're not bothered. But when I went to Liverpool, it was uh, it was an eye opener just because of the, I walked into the training with Michael Owens there, and no disrespect to players at Coventry because we had some 
really, really good players mm. and some household names. But at Liverpool, it's completely different. It's when you go abroad and you go on pre-season tours and yeah. it's like thousands camping outside your hotel and you know you're at a proper football club then. Yeah. And, and do you feel that difference? You, you're more aware of it. But again, back then, even when I went to Liverpool, I just wanted to play. Were you expected to play as soon as you signed? No, no, he told me he was signing Jersey on the same day. He said Jersey would be number one. Uh, I want you to come up, learn your trade, you know, train with us. Um, You'll play reserve games, you'll play in cup games. Uh, But he says, but when you're ready, you'll play. He says, you got my word on that. And that's exactly the way it worked out. It's just unfortunate when I was ready, I got the injuries and and they kept coming. Were you conscious of, of trading essentially first team football for as long as you wanted it for a bit of an unknown future because you weren't expected to play? every week the, as a, the only team I'd have left for was Liverpool yeah. I just thought to myself you can't turn down Liverpool like, you've been a fan you've been up in cop you yeah. know, I was never going to say no it was just saying them yes words sort of yeah. thing yeah. no matter if it took me a year to whatever I was always going to say yes so anywhere else I wouldn't have gone because I was that happy at Coventry because the, the, the footballers mentality from my experience of speaking to footballers is I, I can remember the example I always use is Scott Parker going to Chelsea mm. and everyone says why is he going to Chelsea he's never mm. going to get in the team He's never going to play. Mm. But of course, from the footballer's point of view, you back yourself. You're yeah. confident because you're a professional athlete. You've worked really hard to get where you are yeah. and you back yourself to get in the team. Mm. So presumably you had a bit of that about you going oh, to yeah. Liverpool as yeah. well. When I'm, yeah, when I'm young. I mean, nowadays, I'm, I'm sure players might not admit it, but some players now will go, just go for the money in the, right. in the day and age now. But back then the money was great, but it's nowhere near as it is now. So some yeah. players will, if they're honest, they'll admit, yeah, I had to go because I probably weren't going to play, but they're going to pay me four times as much, whatever. This I'm on about nowadays. Mm. But back then, then didn't bother me at all. I didn't. Even, I don't think I even asked how much I was getting at Liverpool. I, I was kept out of that completely. Right. Uh, I was never involved in any of them negotiations. I just wanted to, you know, to sign from, and it wasn't about the money back then or anything like that. Did they? Was it? Was it a club that made you feel welcome when you got there? Brilliant. I say we got up there. Uh, we had the medical and everything like that. We drove up on a Thursday. Got to the hotel. It was late. We got there to about half ten at night because the um, traffic on the M6 was a nightmare. Went you were straight about that earlier. Yeah, I was. Yeah, went straight from medical. Uh, I was in a hospital at eleven at night doing all the all that sort of stuff. What are they doing in medical? Literally just line a scanner for like two hours. They'll, they'll scan your knees, your ankles, all your major joints and everything like that, just to see if there's anything. So you're literally in a scanner for two hours. So they don't you don't really run in or any movement or anything like that. No, you got to sit, sit still for two okay. hours. Yeah, you'll have a break for like they'll bring it back out for thirty seconds. You have a sip of water and then you go back in. But yeah, it's like in a it's claustrophobic. Really right. claustrophobic. It's like a big MRI scan, basically. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. They big don't scan. put you on a treadmill and work out how fit you are. In I life. never did that. I never okay. did that. that. That's what they do nowadays. But right. back then, it was more about your joints and stuff like that. Because okay. fitness back then, there was no core, all that sort of stuff. It wasn't in. So you know, you, had, you didn't have people looking after your diet, looking after your how far Even you ran. Even Liverpool. It, when we went to Liverpool, that's when it progressed. That Coventry, no. No, right. not at Coventry but when we went to Liverpool that's when it progressed but even back then it was still very 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 limited to what it is now mm. like now it's you can't you know you go toilet you have to monitor it and stuff right. like that it's, yeah okay right it's, yeah some of the stuff now and, and, and do you think that, that would annoy you if you were playing now all that yeah no you can't no you, you seem like quite a dedicated sort of level yeah sort of yeah you were, you were yeah I'd have done it I'd have done all that anything to help yeah I'd yeah. have done all that sort of stuff and do you remember your Liverpool debut presumably yeah yeah Grimsby and the what was it? Was it worth it? Might have been the Worthington Cup again. It was right. a, yeah. Good to you that competition, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a Tuesday, Tuesday night, or Wednesday night at Anfield, and just going to penalty. We played Grimsby. It was one all after extra. It was one all after it coming to the end of extra time. So we we're going to penalties, and I'm thinking, brilliant. Could yeah. you know? Could be penalties in front of the yeah. cot. And then Phil Jevons, who was an Everton fan, popped one in from about 35 yards. Like it's the best goal I've ever seen. Why did you save it? I got nowhere near it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, there's there's videos and all sorts on it, and it's just one of them shots that you just got no chance of getting. Did you it. move for it? Or did you... Yeah, I dived everything. Yeah. I had a great dive for it. Like I was <laughs> like miles in the air, and I was still nowhere near. It's one of them that just dipped like over okay. there and you'll, you'll probably Google it later on yeah, but it's incredible strike and I yes. might put that video to accompany the interview Chris yeah 100, <laughs> 119th minute or something like oh, that that was it so that's it a was, so, um, so that, yeah and it was behind the goal where the Grimsby fans were they had like 6,000 behind on the Anfield mm. Road end and yeah so that was my debut How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. Sadly, like we have to mention injuries that you had in your yeah. career and stuff. I can't really not do that. No, so I'm afraid. But when you, you weren't an injured, injury-prone player as a young man. No, not at all. No. Was, it, was it a case of you got one injury and then it just sort of spiraled? Because I just think it was. Yeah, I just think it was bad luck. I mean, I had a couple two of them were broken fingers, weren't they? Yeah, two. Yeah, that one there. You see that one? Wow, you can't even straighten that. Yeah, no, I can't. I can. I can yeah, How did that's, that that's just dead. That one was Kevin Davis. Um, at Anfield just come out for a, to catch a ball when he's coming hit us uh, so these are impact injuries Unlucky yeah and the ball injuries. just hit me on the end of the thing yeah and I was out for three months it was in the 70th minute so we, we'd, I think we'd use all the subs so I stayed on for the last 20 minutes but I just couldn't I was just trying to protect that hand and it was painful I, oh yeah it, was, yeah it was sore and then come off and went, went at Anfield they had x-ray machines there as they do at most top grounds now so yeah. the x-ray that's out was three months Um but the big, yeah, the big. I had a big problem in my back when I was at Liverpool mm. because, as I said, back then, the, like the the rehab you got now and the core and all that sort of strength work, you didn't have it back then. It just wasn't, you know, the physios did the best they could, but they just didn't have all that knowledge and stuff like you do now. Um, mm. So the back was a big one. But I did my cruciate in, in a game in the FA Cup at Crystal Palace. Daly had a bowling slid in. I slid into him, and we clashed knee to knee. And he's a big boy, Daly. Yeah. So he's a big, yeah, big boy. So I, I come off worse, and I was out for eight, nine months with that. Uh, Did you know straight away? Yeah, knew straight away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was sore, really sore. So flew out to Stedman, actually. Yeah, Stedman, Richard Stedman. Yeah, yeah flew out to him, but he couldn't operate because it was, because the PCL was at the back of your knee. You'd think you could go in through the back of your knee, but you can't. You have to go through your kneecap, and there's all sorts of complications with PCL. So he said, leave it. So I had to do my own rehab on it. Does that give, does that give you pain now? No, it's been good, to be fair. I've never had any problems with it since. Yeah, because another, I mean, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Matt Murray, who had yeah. to retire through knee injuries, he said even when he was apparently fully rehabbed, yeah, he couldn't rip through the ball for yeah. a ball kick, and he and he still said he he could never do that. Yeah, no, I, I know. Luckily, I yeah, I never had um, any problems with it. Did the rehab right, and whether that's because it, it, there wasn't a knife put in it, or whether mm. that has some effect yeah. as you go on. Because obviously sticking a knife in your body is not good anywhere. So, no. um, but yeah, I had that one. Come back from that one, broke my wrist in training. Uh, Harry Kuehl hit a shot from about four yards away as hard as he could. I just stuck my hand out and it bent it right back. So snap that. Um, Should he be doing that in training? Well, it was it was uh, it was point blank range, and yeah, I always ask, well, why did you why smash you it? Yeah, why you smash it? It was literally three or four yards away, and I 
was gone like that. So I knew that was, but that was just before the Euros as well, Euro 2004. Yeah. And put me out of that because I was going to go. Yeah. So that put me out of that. Um, how, how do you, so I understand if you don't want to go yeah. into too much detail, but how difficult is it psychologically to be, not be able to do your job as a professional athlete because you're injured all the yeah, time. It's tough as well. Yeah, it's really tough, especially at Meld as well. The, the, when the new Meld got built, because yeah. it was such a big place, you wouldn't see anyone. You wouldn't see anyone. So you'd be doing your own rehab in the gym, and you'd literally be the only person in the gym. Yeah. You'd see and at Meld all the glass points outside, so you could see the training. So you'd see the lads out training. That's terrible. And, wasn't yeah, it's it is it, it, really really hard. I mean, they do a lot of stuff now where they try and mix it up now. Your rehab and stuff like that, but being injured is awful. Yeah, you can't as you say you can't do your job. You're just into the gym on your own. In the gym. Or with the other I mean, the facilities were brilliant at Melbourne. We had a pool in there and stuff, so you could do all that. So I, I could, when I did my knee, they got me a waterproof brace for it so I could go and swim and stuff like that. So you do keep active, but all you want to do is kick a ball around or try and catch a ball. Did they give you mental support? Back then, again, back then it wasn't, no. no. Do you think they should do that? Now, nowadays. They do do it now, do they? Oh, yeah, they yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's still a lot of stuff that clubs can do better. Yeah. Um, we've seen the mental side of things now with yeah. everything that's come out and stuff but yeah. back yeah, back then it was I mean they did a great job but it just wasn't yeah it wasn't about back then yeah, um, I remember seeing an um, interview with a guy who played at Man United in the 80s and he was a really highly rated young player called, Gio, called Giolano Majorana and he he had a cruciate mm. and he was back then in, in the 80s it was that was a career ender so yeah. he basically was never going to come back yeah and uh, at Man United, who obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world now, um, he was he was just released. There was no yeah. press release, yeah. release. There was no statement. Mm. I mean, not even the other players were told. He yeah. just, just didn't turn up one day, and that was yeah, it. He was gone. Was to me, that seems absolutely shocking. You can yeah. do that to, to to an athlete who's still a really young man. I think yeah. he was about nineteen or twenty at the time. Yeah. It makes the players feel like they're pieces of meat, essentially, just yeah, like yeah. bought and sold, and that's the, that's the end of it. We've seen it before. Yeah, as soon as the players, we've seen it happen with top top class players that they, they're adored. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll be getting booed, for, yeah. you know. And these are people that you would like. Wayne Rooney's had it, Michael yeah. Owen had it, all the top yeah. top players. Yeah, you know they're adored by fans, and then all of a sudden they don't score for two games or they miss whatever, and they're getting booed. It's just yeah, you sort of get left out to. Is that affected you in your career? Um, Did you try and block it out? Not really, because I, I, I've I've been luckily enough. I've never really had that abuse um, mm. before. Even when I've I've been fortunate at every club where. You know, I've done I've done okay for them. Obviously, the injuries are. You know, I think the biggest frustration for Liverpool fans was that when I did get in and started doing well and showing people what I could do, then I'd get injured again. But mm. there was nobody more frustrated than me of course. with yeah. that. And I think sometimes people forget that, saying, "Oh, they're not bothered to get in pay or whatever like that." But as I said to you, when I was younger, it was it was a lot harder than when it was um, when you're older, definitely. Because. Clear every footballer I've ever met does care quite a lot. Yeah. I'm sure there are some who don't, but yeah. mostly, and all the ones I've met do yeah. care about. Yeah, well, there's, there's different ways. Listen, would you play football if players now, you've got to be honest, would you play football if you weren't getting paid for it? Hmm. Probably a lot of them would say, well, I probably still would, but not at that level, not, not that level or stuff. anything like that. Yeah. yeah, so now there's ways to do it. You get paid great amounts of money, but there's still ways to do things right. You still do the right things. You still, yeah. you know, you still do the best you possibly can a lot of players I've played with players where all they're bothered about is getting the paycheck at the end of the month and they're right. not bothered about results or they're not right. bothered about this that and that and I've played with a lot of players like that right. but there is a lot more players that do it and do the right stuff but how does that affect the dressing room though? this is one of the big things I mean we had we had a couple I won't mention any names at Wigan but people probably know who they are that uh, all they wanted to do was, was they weren't bothered they just mm. wanted to get, get the money we got beat at Spurs 9-1 Oh, I remember. Yeah, and um, we come back, and it obviously it was a horrendous time, and we wanted to pay the fans back who who were uh, you come in goal down that to day? Yeah, I was in goal. Yeah, it was one nil at half time. You were fuming then. Uh, half time being yeah. one nil down. No, you yeah, I was at half time at nine one. I was, I was devastated. So there's nothing. There's nothing you. Can oh, do. there's it was it was awful. And a keeper. There's nothing yeah. you can do. No, well, I mean, there was probably a couple I could have done better with. Um, but the point is, they're getting all these chances yeah, over and over yeah. again. Yeah, but it's yes. Yeah, so that week was we, we wanted to do something back for the fans, so we we said right, we'll all chip in and pay for their tickets down there and their travel or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And one player stood up and went, "No, I'm not." And, really? And said, "Why? Well, because I don't care." Huh. Like, literally, and just walked out. So everyone, everyone thought more or less everyone else. Everyone else, bar one man, said they weren't going to do it. Yeah. And you were sort of dickhead. Well, yeah, we knew that anyway before. <laughs> okay, we right. knew he was anyway before, yeah. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, that's one of them players that just you know. And there's, there's, if you're on it, if the, if players are honest, 
you know players nowadays do it because of the money mm. but you still do the right things because yeah. of it you know don't you think the top players even now they want to win they yeah win exactly yeah that's what I'm saying do the right things yeah you know you do you, like Ronaldo he, his desire is just incredible yeah. the way he looks after himself everything like that yeah I'm sure he loves checking his money at the end of the, every, yeah. end of the month but then that's probably what drives him on to the, be the best and, and that's yeah. what you've got to do yeah so we'll come on to Wigan in a minute I, I yeah. want to talk a bit about the Champions League in 2005 because yeah. You played four games, four, right? yeah, in, yeah, in, in the group stage, yeah, and then uh, I played the Olympiacos game, yeah, at Anfield, yeah, and then oh, I, can't, I think it was my, I think it was my back injury. I had a right. back operation, right, um, that ruled me out for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, and missed the. I was out there for the final. We went out, but you weren't in the squad. Uh, I wasn't in the squad, no. Jeremy Carragher told me because I spoke to him about the uh, the Champions League final. He said yeah. at half time, if they'd have offered him, oh, they took it. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it was it was. The slaughter to the lambs, yeah. First half, yeah. it was like, how many, how many is this going to be? Yeah. And then he bought, he made the one change that made a huge deal. He bought Didi and Manon. That's right, yeah. Um, and that just that changed it. He yeah. just protected the back four, and then you get a, you get a goal quickly, mm. and then it can all change. But I mean, if if AC Milan would have come out and scored again quickly, then it would have been, been six or seven. Yeah. yeah, it would have been. Ancelotti said. I wouldn't have changed anything because no. I can't legislate for six or seven minutes no, no. of madness in a game. That just no. happens yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but but got a foothold and Deed, he was protecting the back four more as he did. He was fantastic. And yeah, you get one back and then all of a sudden, then when as soon as you got that first goal back, the whole atmosphere in the, change, in the stadium changed. Even though you were 3-1 down. Just, you were in the crowd, yeah? We was in the crowd, with your yeah. old man, yeah? No, with Leona. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were in the crowd together and something just changed and um, it it was weird it was, it was unless you were there you couldn't really but experience we've it. all been there as football fans yeah. like you know something's happening yeah. and, you know yeah. it, and there's no one can stop it well we were level within what 12 or 30 minutes yeah. all of a sudden it was three all again yeah so it, and then from then and then you just knew that we were going to win it like even at 3-1 you just knew something it was going to win it I don't mean this to sound like a cruel question yeah but did you feel a part of it no because the reason no, I'm you don't. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. I but mean, you've contributed in the group stage to get. Yeah, there. but when you don't play in that actual game, the actual final, the one that everybody's watching, the one that everyone will remember. Nobody remembers who played in the in the games before. That's just the way it is. You Would know? you have felt a part of it if you were on the bench? No, probably not. No, you feel a part of it, but there's still that sense that you've not played, so you know you've not had an impact on that particular game. Okay. So um, never got a medal for it. We meant to get a medal for it, but uh, they got snatched by someone I don't know who took them um, well, the reason I was asking the question in the first place on the subject of medals yeah. is that um, I read that Scott Carson offered you his medal yeah he did yeah. and you refused to take it yeah because again he, he it's was nice uh, for him to, do, to offer brilliant that. yeah well Scott's a great lad I've known Scott many years and he's um, but he, he was involved obviously on the day he was on the bench in the games before when I missed so yeah no, that, it wouldn't mean not that it wouldn't mean anything because that sounds wrong but it, yeah. it wouldn't mean as much as, as to actually playing in it so if you did play in it, you've had the medal up on your wall now, and that'd be that. It'll be, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably and, my daughter's room, not mine. Oh really? Okay, yeah. right. Um, when you went to Wigan, and and you were still only twenty five years old. Yeah. So all this has happened. We talked for half an hour, or whatever. All yeah. the stuff you've achieved and all, all everything that's gone on in your career. Yeah. And we get to you going to Wigan, and you're still only twenty five. Yeah. So. At that point, you're still thinking best years ahead of me, yeah. and, and to an extent they were, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, because yeah, were, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 07 08, um, you had a brilliant season, player of the year, and all that. Um, player of the year, that's right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we'll come on to that in a moment. But w- when did it become apparent that you were going to need to move on from, from Anfield? Oh, uh, when was it? Yeah, so 2000, and um, I went on loan to West Brom in 2005, season 2006, right. yeah, and then I come back and Basically, Rafa said, "Look, I want a, I want a foreign goalkeeper." What was Rafa like with you when he came in? Uh, I had big, not big problems, not big problems. Cause I've never been rude to anyone, but he, the goalkeeping style. This is a big, big thing for me. It happened at Liverpool. When things were going good, it's because I had an English goalie coach. When things went bad, right. the same happened at Wigan. Is when I had a foreign goalie coach. Do you think that is because the training is completely different. They don't let you train the one way you train English goalkeepers. I was brought up on Oggy yeah. and Jim Blight, volley, repetition. You know, do get your hands in, get your sights. But foreign goalkeeper coaches are very, very different. A lot of it was very slow. Not, hardly any work you were doing hardly anything during training so you could come off and think I've not done anything why yet. do you think that is? 
because that's the way they want to be. Rafa's, you, you know, as much you know, Rafa's his very own man. It's what he says goes. But why do you think? Why do you think? Is it a Spanish goalkeeper? Yeah, coach? Spanish goalie coach. Yeah. Why do you think he thinks that's the best way of doing it? No idea. No idea. So there was no we, back we, and forth between you, mate. You no, no. I mean, obviously, the, the, the Spanish goalie coach didn't speak any English at all. Right. Uh, which didn't help no. again because the relationship you have to have your goalie coach is is big. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. big. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work out. And my game, I was going into games not ready. My form dipped dramatically when I, uh, towards the latter end of my Liverpool career. Got dropped, and rightly so, because you know. But I was going into games thinking I ain't done any work here. Like yesterday, Thursday, Friday for keepers important days because you get your hands in, you get sharp, you do mm. what you want and stuff like that. But I wasn't getting that at Liverpool. And I'd say to him, like I said, I need more work. I need to train more. No, you don't. This is the way. This is the way forward, right. and all this sort of stuff. So they were telling you something that you'd grew up on for, right, yeah, for yeah. fifteen years, without doing, even consulting you, without well. even consulting you. So that's why it dropped and ended up leaving, and needed to leave, needed to leave, which was heartbreaking to leave yeah. Liverpool. But Paul Joel rang me uh, and said, "Come here." He's got an English goalie coach, Gary Walsh, and I knew that I had to go somewhere that had an English goalie coach to get back to basics. But the reason I asked the question is because clearly there are a lot of really good foreign cultures. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It obviously works for them. Yeah, well, exactly. Just, for you, it's just you grew up in something that's, completely That's different. what got me to where I was, like yeah. training that way. And I didn't want to go, you know, I wanted to get back to that. And I said, right, if I'm going to leave, it's got to be somewhere that I can get back to that. And um, I went to Wigan and it just, again, it's just one of them moments that just click. As soon as you go somewhere, it just clicked in my form, come back quickly. And maybe in the debut when I just signed for before, I actually played the first game for... For Wigan, I played it at uh, Old Trafford uh, on the Wednesday, and then we had the debut at Newcastle for Wigan on the Saturday. And your dad won some money. And my dad won some money. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, yeah. Dad and family, yeah, they put hundred pound on it, hundred to one, which odds back then were, were atrocious. Hundred <laughs> to one, like it's yeah. it's bad. Like you think you get, especially if he'd have took me into the bookies when when he put it on when I was thirteen and seen the size I was. Yeah, right. Thinking I got about a million to one. Did the bookmaker pay out? Uh, yeah, they paid up. Yeah, it's William Hill. Yeah, so okay. they played up, so they got that. So then I played, made my debut for Wigan on a Saturday and I just had a great time there, really great time. Um, we ended up staying up and then Paul Joel left after he kept us up and Steve Bruce come in and yeah, yeah, and that he was he was one of the best I've worked with. What was it? What was it like playing for England? It was great. It was old. I mean, I've been in a well, lot. Of, I know, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, it's, it's it's you know, it's the. I won't say it was the pinnacle of my career because the pinnacle was for, for, for playing for Liverpool for me. Yeah. For England, okay. You know, if I'd have played more games for England, then yeah. maybe. But it was. I was in loads of squads before. I was meant to be making my debut for a couple of years before. Yeah. Uh, obviously, when I went to Liverpool when I was nineteen, twenty, but it just never worked out for injuries or whatever. So it was twenty. Yeah, what was I twenty five, twenty six when I made my debut. Um, Half a game and great, but then yeah, that was that was that was it sort of thing. Do you do you think you could if injury free you would have played a lot of games? Yeah. Well, this is one thing that that I always can't help but think about now. Somebody somebody said to me a few years ago, you know, do you ever think or a couple of years ago, would you ever think what you could have done if you wouldn't have had the injuries? And you do, and I do think you know how good could I have been? But that's hindsight. You could say a lot of things about that. Do you think? Fully fit and on form, you're the best goalkeeper in England. Back then, when I went to Liverpool, yeah. well, Liverpool bought me. They thought yeah. I was so. I was. Uh, I certainly wasn't fearless or anything like that. I, well, I was. I was fearless. I, I was. I just wanted to train. I wanted to save every shot, and yeah. more times than not, I, I managed to do that. Were there any goalkeepers around in the England setup at that point where you thought I've got? Was there Paul Robinson? So probably Paul Robinson was uh, was doing well at yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Um, well, he so played. He went through a period of being number one for a while, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when we so we grew up through the under 18s and the 21s together uh, but no I always back myself um, at that age back then I always find it curious when the media people in the media and obviously I know I work in the media but I try not to do this um, say so, yeah but players you know, I don't really care about playing for England every single ex-England national I've ever spoken to knows exactly who they made the debut against yeah. how many caps they got in total yeah. pretty much everything about it it does yeah. mean an awful lot to them of course it does yeah especially when your family's there and that as well but is, your, is yours just tempered by the fact that you thought you could have got more caps? yeah definitely yeah definitely if, as I said if I, you know, it was a great great night wish it was at Anfield instead of Old Trafford yeah, but yeah. It, was a, it was a great night and I say it was one that I can remember as though it was yesterday still uh, but as I say the biggest because I'd supported Liverpool and come up as a kid and travelled yeah. up that was, that was that important was, to you that yeah. was the biggest moment for me yeah yeah and no, I understand that yeah I mean no one can take that cap away from you now no no it's something that I mean, it's, it's something to be really proud of isn't yeah, it? yeah. You, that's, it's like we're watching a bit of golf earlier 
if you win a major, yeah. you're done now. You're done, yeah, Every, yeah. Everything, no one can tell that from you. No. You're a major champion. No. You, are, you will always be an international footballer. So yeah. That is, that is amazing. No, it's great, yeah. It's great. Especially when, say, Lucy's nearly 11 now. She's a... Uh, She's a goalkeeper as well, actually. Right. She, yeah. So Good. she she always says about that. Yeah. All my friends always say, "Oh, your dad played for England and stuff like yeah. that." So it's it's great from that. And uh, so if I could do it again, I'd, I'd love to. But yeah, it's still a little bit of bitterness that I got so many injuries. Well, the um, the England setup isn't great in oh, at no. the moment. You're not that old. Yeah, I'm not that old, no, but I, fe- <laughs> I, f- I feel it. I, <laughs> okay, right, I feel yeah. it more than I did when I was twenty. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think it worked out so well for you at Wigan then? Because like I said, in 07, 08, you were player of the season. English manager, uh, English goalie coach. And that worked English for you? English staff, yeah. Yeah, that worked for me. And um, clicked straight away. Gary Walsh was brilliant. And then Gary left, obviously, not long after Steve Bruce come in because uh, he wanted to bring Nigel Spink in. But again, Nigel Spink was the same mould as Gary Walsh. Old school English, whatever you wanted, you got repetitions off, follies, follies, up, down, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is stuff I'd been brought up on, and my form just went through the roof. It was, yeah. you know, them, that 07 or 08 season was, we ended up staying up at Villa Park, and uh, I say I got player of the year that year. And then Steve left and went to, where did he go in 2010 after that? Sunderland, then, didn't he? Sunderland. And then Roberto, there was talk he wanted to take me up there, and uh, they were going to make a bid but Roberto was the manager at Wigan and he told me I couldn't leave did you want to I, leave? Um, only because I'd worked with Steve and worked with Nigel uh, yeah. but not really no because our daughter was only two three years old and we were so settled, settled yeah. yeah so no one thinks about that side yeah probably not no probably not probably, probably wouldn't, have, wouldn't have left but things started to go downhill uh, at Wigan because Roberto come in and he brought a foreign goalie coach in again right yeah same things happened I could feel myself slipping like form wise sharpness wise my form was going and you know I had the same argument not arguments same, same discussions with them saying look I need but I you need. were a senior pro at that point so you, yeah. your word didn't have any swing no, at all no didn't have any swing at all no um, so uh, my form dipped dramatically again coming you know 2010 2011 and then that was the last last season I played for them I was there for another year after but didn't wasn't that. really involved yeah. uh, but without I mean maybe that's me being stubborn and and whatever because I wanted the English goalie coach but the facts were there everything you know even even the lads well, it works for you it works for yeah, you well it's it fine. did work for me and even the lads like as soon as the foreign goalie co- coach come in like one of them I won't say his name but he comes to me and says what do you reckon I says oh, I'm, I'm worried straight away yeah yeah worried straight away and you've had experience of that before didn't yeah, work out for you yeah and, stuff, and, that, yeah. and that's it And but I listened that, that was it and then I went to left to Sheffield Wednesday again I was at a crossroads thinking Right, I've not played for a year. You know, my form was terrible before. I need to go somewhere now where I'm going to train with a with a English goalie coach again. And went to Sheffield Wednesday, which is like Liverpool, incredible club, massive club, massive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the fans are brilliant. I'm going back there Sunday. Actually, I'm doing the Sky game against Leeds. Yeah. So whenever we'll go back there, but it's a fantastic club. And uh, but I needed to go somewhere that had a goal, English goalie coach, Andy Rhodes, Jordan Rhodes' dad. Yeah. Is the goalie coach there? And again, he's a good coach. Brilliant. As yeah. soon as I walked through the door, he said to me, right, he says, I know you've had a crap time. He says, I know you don't like, you know, foreign goalkeeping coach don't work for you. He mm. said, I've looked at your career. He says, we'll go back to basics. Whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm here for you. You tell me. And things just, again, just clicked. I'm surprised that you've been yeah. such a senior pro and been so talented and, and, and achieving a lot in your career yeah. that they, didn't, they wouldn't even listen to you. No, well, I mean... Do you feel separate from the rest of the squad as keepers when you train on your own and all yeah, that sort of stuff? Yeah. Is it almost like a little team within a team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. you need. That I mean, he was a lovely chap, the, the goalie coach was. Lovely chap, but he just wasn't for me. And they knew that. They, what did the other keepers in the squad think? The other keepers... Uh, well, well, I was the number one for years there before, so yeah. they were... like they weren't playing or it was a young lad or Polly was used to being on the bench Yeah. Um, so they, they didn't really go they didn't really get involved that much because they were okay doing what they were doing but for me it was it was a big uh, it was a big big thing but Roberto if people have met Roberto he's very one minded and it's yeah. sort of his way right. or, or the highway the same yeah. with Rafa and, yeah. and I had to take the highway both times and but you enjoyed your time at Sheffield Wednesday oh it was brilliant it yeah. was br- fantastic great club Andy Rhodes was superb with me. Still speak to him all the time now, and yeah, I had a lucky, good three years there. Two years I played every game, more or less. Yeah. Third year, Kieran West would come in, who's not a bad keeper. Yeah. Uh, but I was getting older then as well. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, do, do you feel as a goalkeeper because you're doing very defined stuff? Do you feel yourself slowing down? Do you feel yourself getting a bit older? Um, do you think, did you ever get to a point where you thought 
I would have got to that a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. in training and stuff, yeah. And that's part of the reason why I stopped. Um, okay. Because, yeah, you do, you get thinking, oh, I'd have had that, or I'd have caught that five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. So you do know, you do your reactions, but that's just, that's the way it is. Your yeah. reactions start to go. Well, the reason I ask is because um, if you're a midfield player, and you start moving further back. Yeah, you, you can change. You can yeah, adapt. Yeah. Goalkeepers, you can't really reactions do are everything for keepers. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You can't really do that. So you know when. Oh, I thought I knew when the time was up. I did the assistant. Uh, the, I did the number two role at Preston with Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Um, so I, I seen him coming through, and I was there to. I knew I was there just to help him and stuff like that. So that role was fine for me. When you look back at your career, what what, what do you think of it? Do you think do you do you think you had what, a career that you you thought you would, or did you have no expectations, or? No, I listen, when I was younger, I, you know, you dream of being a footballer, but I never thought I'd achieve what I did. Could it have been better? Yeah, I always look at that. Yeah, I wish it was, you know, regards to the injuries, I always wonder what, how far could I have gone, how good could I have been without, because the injury's not the stuffing at you. Yeah. Especially serious ones where you're out for six, yeah. seven months. To get going again then, and then to stop again and get going, it does knock the stuffing at you. Um, and your body feels it as well. Your body's never the same again after a serious injury. Everyone will tell you that who's had serious injuries. So that's the only thing that I I uh, I'm I'm upset about. Not that, yeah. that you know regrets a strong word, but it's the only thing I wish I could maybe have been differently. But playing for Liverpool, Coventry, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, if I said them three at the start of my career, I'd have took that. Did you have to tell yourself to look on? Did you have to tell yourself to look on the bright side? You played in the Champions League, yeah. you played for England, you played at the yeah. top level. Yeah, I that's wish I'd go back and do it all again though, because it goes so quick. Does it? Everyone <laughs> yeah. will tell you that who plays. You, it, it, I can remember my debut like it was an hour ago and all of a sudden I've, I've retired and it goes so so quick so that's my advice to just try and enjoy it don't take things for granted because you know I remember people saying to me when I was 19, 20 just enjoy it make sure you you know and then all of a sudden you think oh, I'm only 19, 20 I've got years and years but it goes so quick Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.